Don't engage alone. We do this together. Welcome to Under 2 Capes, the premier podcast of Comics League. I am Jared, and I'm here with the Comics League crew. I got Taladia. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. I'm well. And I got Nick on the show. What's up, Nick? Not much. Um, When I heard you're doing this episode, I'd be like, you you, do realize you need the re-fanboy here. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about, as Nick has eloquently put it, we're going to do a retrospective of the Christopher Reeve Superman movie. So I got the Reeve fanboy and I got the Superman fanboy here. And, to, and Jay, he will be here later. <laughs> and, so, and, then, uh, and then and then we got uh, the uh, Man of Steel fanboy. Yeah. No. And the Super Wonder fanboy. Yes, exactly. That's better. So I mean, we all know it's a better ship anyway. So I appreciate that. So, all right. Let me bring this up. I love these movies. What? It's possible for Snyder fans to like other DC movies? And here I thought you were just a robot. Yes, exactly. It's just a bot. I think someone actually made a lot of... When that article came out, a bunch of people put in their Twitter bios that were that were not bots. So anyway... I am not a Snyder bot. Now, what's really... What's not lost on me when it comes to the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, we're going to start with the first one. If this movie had not succeeded as it did, I don't think you I, I don't think you would have a comic book movie genre taken as seriously as it is today or it would look a lot different. What do you think, Nick? I think uh yeah, cuz like this was this is really the beginning of the modern comic book movie as we know it. Like yeah, there were live action adaptations for like got the Batman and then we've got the like the Superman, the Batman serials of the 40s. Mm-hmm. But like the modern comic book movie literally started here. Like this was this like like you just going back and watching the movie, you can literally see all like the the tropes, the the all the like the conventions started here and with with, with Superman. And plus here's the other thing. It's like without this, you wouldn't have the Michael Keaton Batman movie. No, 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 you wouldn't. You you would not. What about you, Taladia? Your th- th- uh, thoughts on this movie's impact on comic book movies? It 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 was a huge impact on comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, mm-hmm. go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say that like the Christopher Reeve film actually used to pop up on my TV every now and then, and that's what really got me started. Like in terms of movies superman mm-hmm. like you know how big of a deal it was mm-hmm. yeah and this movie so to give you guys an idea this movie is basically the most comic accurate portrayal of the silver age superman where he has all these weird powers like the wall rebuilding vision and the these 
cellophane s i'm talking about the entire series not just one movie <laughs> but for, i mean the, you're you're like you're even talking about the like the worst things like uh the fact that they made crypt like like oh uh there's one more element oh uh tobacco yeah yeah but um the the thing is with these movies is that that's what I want to say because a lot of people say that this was the most true to comic Superman. Yeah, it was the version that came out at that time. Which uh, it, it's it's a perfect uh, encapsulation of Silver Age Superman. Like I would say, it does get the gist of Superman's character one hundred percent to a T. As does Man of Steel. I contend. I I, I have to bring that up because people bring that up in the comments. <laughs> yeah, because this is this was this this is definitely informed by the Silver Age portrayal of Superman, like oh, the sixties. Like, like, uh, like I don't think Superman had that much of re like Batman had a huge reinvention in the seventies. Superman didn't really get that until I'd say the nineties. Um, but like I, I would imagine the Superman comics of the seventies were like maybe had I a little bit more of an edge. I would say after Crisis is when the Superman comics started to get a little more serious and modern. Yeah, because the Golden Age Superman—that's when he disappeared. Was was the was the crisis? So like when this movie came out, Golden Age Superman was still Superman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you you were set because it was all like one guy. This was the Superman that was dragging solar systems on, on a chain. That's the level of ridiculousness. That's why I excuse the level of bsery in these movies because it was just reflecting what the comics were like. And you know what? I will say this as much. Bravo to, to 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 the people who made this movie that they were able to perfectly encapsulate the comics because I, I I gotta tell you this as a comic book fan that's rare. What's up, Nick? They made us believe that a man could fly. Yeah, th and that's what they wanted. Like to literally, that was the trailer tagline. Mm -hmm. You you will believe that a man can fly, and that is like one of the most famous. Like, like when when we talk about like poster slogans, that is probably like one of the most famous, iconic poster slogans of all time. Yeah, and then you also have the idea of it because, and uh, what's interesting is that the story behind why they why they cast Reeve as Superman because originally they were going to cast a known actor like R Redford and all all those other guys, but the reason I didn't do it is because if you saw him flying on a screen, you you would say, oh, it's Robert Redford, not it's Superman. So they had to go with an unknown on that. I mean, also, the other thing to, to take into account is they did extensive screen testing with these characters. And mm -hmm. if you just look at, like, Chris Reeve's first screen test, right from the get-go, he just nails it. Yeah, Like, when he says, Superman. good evening, Miss Lane. You know, he just says it, like, right from the chest. Like, literally from the first line, he just oh, nails the character. If you look at the, uh, at the footage of that screen test, he was really nervous. So he was sweating, so you could see armpit stains in the suit. I mean, fair enough. No, like, no, no. I don't blame I, I, him. Not knocking him at all because uh, uh, you're portraying arguably the most well-known character in all of pop culture. You have so, a right to be nervous. So Christopher Reeve, like, one of the things I really like about Christopher Reeve's acting is, like, he had, like, obviously the personality, like, his physical acting with Clark. Like, yes. he was talking about, like, oh, it's the glasses. Um, mm -mm. There's, there's, there's a very specific scene in the first movie um, and you guys all know the scene I'm about to talk about. I wish yeah. you could play it, but copyright, you know. Um, yeah. Where, like, Lois goes off, and, like, he takes off his glasses. He stands up. It's like, it's it's almost like he becomes an entirely different person. 
It's a whole act. People only say it's, the gla- it's only the glasses because that's the most, that's the first thing you see when you see Clark Kent. But you don't realize, first off, the hair, even the new 52, when he was in bed with Wonder Woman and he turned to Clark, into Clark, he would like ruffle up his hair. That's the Clark Kent hair. It's more than the glasses. It's an entire act. Because, yeah, no one's going to buy if he's, if he's being, if he carries himself like Superman, but just wears glasses. Everyone's gonna see through that within thirty seconds. Yeah, because the whole point is is like they want like like someone is like, hey, do you think Clark Kent is Superman? Like Clark Kent, that dolls? There's no way. Even to the point where even if like his glasses fall off for like a second and Lois sees without his glasses, he's still not gonna believe he's Superman because like, okay, he looks like he kind of resi- he looks a lot like Superman, but like Clark Kent, that freaking klutz. There is no way in Hades. That that guy is Superman. And can I say one thing? Nor you guys know I am not the biggest fan of Lois Lane. I like Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. What a solid cat. By the way, real quick, Taladia, your thoughts yeah. on Reeve himself as Superman? He is. He was a great choice to play Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and furthermore, he he had it for that mm-hmm. generation. Yeah, he, he knew how to play Clark Kent. And he knew how to play Superman. Exactly. From a, a flick of a switch. The only thing I I didn't like, like I will say, is there was no Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, because no one's going to make a... Because what you have to understand, here's the thing. At that yeah. time, granted you had the Linda Carter show that would come out l- later, I believe. The thing about Wonder Woman is that, yeah, she had a TV show arguably until BVS put her in a Batman and Superman movie, she wasn't really the name where she could hold her own movie. I think, but I think she was like just right, always right below she, that line. She, yeah. Yeah. She was, she was almost there. It's just, she showed up in BVS and then she got that little boost. Then they made the yeah. movie. And then the like, movie is really what solidified her as no, she's the icon. What when people like when up until BVS when normal people thought about Wonder Woman, they usually thought about the TV show, which is a good TV show. Like Linda Carter, one hundred percent, it's a great like yeah, like she like yeah. We need to do more content about the Wonder Woman TV show at some point. And can I say one thing? Like Linda Carter aged like a fine wine, boys, fine wine. (laughs) But go on, Nick. I'm sorry. It's those Amazonian genes right there. (laughs) There you go. She actually is Wonder Woman this entire time. Honestly, I would not. Like, I would believe honestly, that. Would... <laughs> well, but, but, uh, by the way, at one of the fandoms, when they were doing a panel for Wonder Woman 1984, Linda Carter was a guest, and she was talking about when her daughter, when Linda's daughter saw the, the scene in Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot, where she emerges, the, the No Man Land, Land scene, she, uh, her daughter turns around and goes, now I get why it was such a big deal for you to play Wonder Woman. Also, like, there like, you go. Mm-hmm. A quick aside, what I love about that scene is they go right up to the point of ridiculousness because, like, they say, it's no man's land. No man can cross it. And you, you like, literally, they could have said, writer, I'm not a man. They they, they kind of say it without saying it, where, like, she gives him a look and then goes up because that's how you handle it. They they, yeah. they, 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 they don't say it. They, they, basically, they, do, they do everything but say it. But, like, and I like that. It's subtle. It's It's really good. And think about it, Wonder Woman's not 
bulletproof. So there was saying she could be shot. And then she just she's just like, screw it, and goes up that ladder. The slow, like the slow-mo thing falling. I love how long it takes to reveal the costume. Then she does the the, the wrist things. And then when the guy's like, the hell is she doing? Yeah, I, I love the restraint. Like they waited until like she was in the village to then pull off the Wonder Woman theme. It's like it's like yeah. it's, it's then it's like it's not when she it's not when she first did the the scene. It's it's only then that she actually became Wonder Woman. And, and the, the music of the scene is by, uh, very good. By the way, and that was one of the like scenes, she, to, she earned the theme. By the way, that was one of the scenes that that Patty had to fight Warner Brothers to keep. And by the way, on that note, yeah, second Warner Brothers. They, I, 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 I have to do that every stream when we talk about these movies. But anyway, back to Superman. So okay. that's why Wonder Woman was not in the movie. Arguably, she at that point, they weren't at the point where they would even consider a Wonder Woman movie. Superman and Batman were the only ones where they would go like, okay, yeah, let's make a movie on these guys. Yeah, like, I, I would kind of be curious to see, like, what other DC characters were considered in, like, the 70s, 80s. Like, I know a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, like, from the 90s on above. But, like, set, like 80s and then and then in the 70s when it comes to DC, I don't really know much. I'd imagine maybe... I'd imagine a lot of characters, they could get away with not using a lot of special effects. Like, maybe uh, a, a few of the characters connected to Batman or maybe Green Arrow. But, but again, we're going really far away. But the, this is actually a good idea for another episode. What other characters do, do we think could have gotten movies continue. in 70? Yeah, this is TBD. But... My favorite, one of my favorite scenes of of the first movie is the first shirt rip. He catches the helicopter. Uh, he catches <laughs> Lois, and he goes, "Don't worry, Miss. I've got you. You've got me. Who's got you?" I like that. That line is so iconic. Also, another one of those things like, "Don't worry. Statistically, flying is still the safest way to travel." Yeah, and and they even repeat that line in, in returns. I I love that. Yeah, I, I also love they homage that scene, the the who's got you scene in the comic Secret Origin by Jeff Johns because because first off Gary Frank draws Superman to look like Christopher Reeve, but he catches Lois in the same way. Nick, he catches the helicopter, except this time he very nervously goes, "Hi." It, it was so good, but <laughs> but and it's like you see here. Here's the thing about Reeve, what he nailed in these movies. Because to a point, to, to to a degree, Clark has that boyish charm, that boyish innocence, that shown through like a supernova from Christopher Reeve. He definitely put the boy in the Boy Scout. Yes, exactly, and it's it's so um so moving on. Do you guys want to do do this movie by movie, or do you just want to talk about them in oh, general? Well, there's one glaring oh, yeah. we haven't talked about. Gene Hackman and his betrayal of Lex Luthor, like, like, like he was a very offbeat mm -hmm. Lex Luthor. Like, it's it is in no way like the classic Lex Luthor portrayal. It's a very kind of Gene Hackman esque performance, and he does kind of back it up a little bit. Oh, I was about to say that, Nick. Well done. Like my favorite line in the entire movie is Superman busts down the door, and without without a beat, he says, "It's open. Come in." Like it's just such great comedic time, and it's like one of my like my favorite moments in the entire yeah. movie. To Taladi, are you your thoughts on Hackman as Luther? Hackman uh, Luther was was he was a good choice to play uh, Lex Luther. I find his portrayal first movie. I find it interesting that he was bold, right? He went bold for the film, mm -hmm. but then later on he had hair. I was just like, 
wait, isn't this supposed to be bold? I mean, Luther has been shown to wear wigs, so it's like he, that's not too yeah, far Yeah, he off. has. But the the other thing that I kind of kind of dug was uh, that, you know it's kind of funny if you guys watch the Inside of You podcast where, where James Gunn was on. Remember when he like blasted a version of Lex Luthor and everyone thought he was talking about Eisenberg, but it turns out he was talking about Gene Hackman. Wait, who said that? James Gunn. Oh, you mean with the guy with bad taste in movies? Yeah, exactly. He he was on there. Oh yeah, remember what? So recently, how, this is the okay, time I'm how the frick? This. How the frick do you call Batman Begins a bad movie? Like, come on. Or Batman 1989. I get that they weren't your and you're the. I get that these are 12 year old comments, but it's like, I get that you can have your own opinions, but his whole opinion on, on that, I looked at the statements were like. You only like that because you're nostalgic for it. And I'm like, well, that's toxic as hell. See, I, I'm like, not nostalgic for 89. I still love that movie. See, and this is a problem. Superman Legacy is, is being built off of nostalgia. So this is why, this is like the problem, like, I, I know we've talked, like, yeah. like, it's like, it is a movie that is chasing nostalgia. Like, it's chasing, like, literally the Reeves era Superman movies. So, like, to him to, to like, uh, talk badly about nostalgia... Like, 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 oh, you don't like it because it's nostalgic? And he's literally making a nostalgia bait movie. Have a good look. Hypocritical, huh? But remember, these are 12-year-old comments, so that's the one addendum you want to bring up. But anyway. But did he walk him back? Did he walk him? Did he change his mind? Like, like... I don't know. But the, the other... Th so going back to this. The other thing... See, here's the, my, the one ding I have about the Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Is that he shows up, he's, he f fights Lex Luthor and such, and then everyone automatically trusts him. Because we know, even back then, in that time, in that world, that would not happen. I disagree, because this was like the Silver Age kind of thing, where like they didn't really go into those kind of storylines. So, I would say because of the time period, because like remember, this is like Golden Age Superman era. I give that a pass, but that's my personal feelings. I'm just going to go off of also when you have the fear of the other from like the Soviets and all that stuff, they're probably thinking he's a Soviet and then trying to kill him. But anyway, that's fine. It's just personal pre preference. That, that's just one thing. It's not enough to take me out of the movie and make me dislike the movie whatsoever. Again, I just want to be clear. I genuinely enjoy these movies 100% because mm -hmm. they're a perfect encapsulation of who Superman was pre-crisis. Perfect. But yeah. so what'd you guys also think of like the portrayal of Krypton? Because remember, it was basically the North Pole in terms of the way it looked and all that stuff with all the crystals. I mean, it was crystals, like lots and lots of crystals. Oh, 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 uh, real quick. We got to talk about Marlon Brando's Jor-El. Like I dug it. I think he did a great job, except he, I love how he kept changing the pronunciation of Krypton. Krypton. Planet Krypton, exactly. I mean, you yep. gotta realize this is Marlon Brando. He literally got paid, I think it was like a million dollars for two weeks mm -hmm. worth of work. This is a million dollars in seventies money, and so like if Marlon Brando wants to say Krypton, you just that's go fine. With it. It's it's not it's not a lot. It's it's fine. I'm totally fine with it. Oh, before we move on, the last person I want to shout out, like th this film is actually surprisingly stacked. If you like, just go look at it. John Ford as pa as Papa Kent. I think John Ford's portrayal of this character literally sent the benchmark that we're still following today. Like, if you look at John Ford's portrayal, 
like it informed the DCAU, John Snyder's version of Papa Ken is John very Snyder. much. <laughs> My middle finger is itching and I'm trying to hold it that's back. That's such a, that, that's hilarious, Nick. John Snyder. Okay, then who, what's his first name then? Zack Snyder. No, I'm talking about from Smallville. I oh don't know. God! I'm pretty sure his last name is not Snyder. I said Schneider. You said Snyder. It's Bo Duke. You said Snyder. Dude, dude, like, guys, it's Bo Duke from Dukes of Hazard. Like, seriously. Like, oh, I thought you were, when you said just that, uh, I thought you were confusing the I'm Zack Snyder. Papa Kent from Smallville. No, I know. I didn't know you were talking about Smallville. I thought you were talking about Man of Steel. Nick, you don't have to I, send I, me the article. I know, I know what what well, I know what it is. I know who you're no, talking I'm about. looking up his okay. So um all right, uh I'm just I'm looking in the yeah, meantime John, it's a lot Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, his, his, his the actor's name is John Snyder. So like Okay, I thought I, I didn't know you were talking about Smallville. But anyway, Claudia, your thoughts on like how Krypton and like uh Jor-El was portrayed in 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 the series. Jorel played like the comics, literally mm -hmm. to a T to a bone. Krypton felt like Krypton. Mm -hmm. uh, for its time, it definitely lived up to the expectations for sure. Also, um, the boys are here. Talking about <laughs> I, I, I like. I'm I, I'm gonna go. Okay, uh, this might be Jay uh, Heat. I'm gonna need to steal your shtick for a second and say a really hot take. I think Terrence Stamp. Is a better Zod than Michael Shannon. Objectively, objectively speaking, I just think like Michael Shannon's subjectively speak. That is subjective. That is very subjective. I'm sorry, let but him Michael, cook. let him cook. But like, I'm sorry, but like, Terrence Stamp, like Neil before Zod, it's just he has such a commanding presence. Like, like I think it, Man of Steel. Again, if if, if if Terrence Stamp Zod met Michael Shannon Zod, Michael Shannon Zod would kneel. No, Michael Not Shannon that, okay. would tear Terrence Stamp's head off. No, Eventually, in a double cross. But um, I have to give this one to Nick because say what you will about the campiness out of Superman 2, but hit, but that actor's portrayal of Zod carried the third act of that film. Kneel before Zod. No, that's fine. It's, not objective. Have to give it's subjective. I, I need to get a drop that's like all of our, that's like this panel, and then the word <laughs> subjective just pops on the screen. Subjective. subjective. So I mean, just remember, we're talking about fictional characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. By the way, I saw that whole movie. I love it so much. It's so funny. Fictional but, uh, characters. I don't know if y'all have already addressed it, and I might end up saying it again. But I just want to give a mo uh, moment of silence to not only the loss of Arlene Sorkin, but a very oh, yeah. valued colleague of all our channels, Mikey Sutton. More on that in a CLD tonight, but okay. Uh -huh. Okay, so uh, Jay Heat, since you just came in, your thoughts on like the Christopher Reeve Superman movies? It's solid. It definitely cemented Superman for a for a generation, especially with the Comic Code Authority, which took up the majority of the Silver Age. Mm -hmm. But I feel like out of all the characters when the Silver Age hit its stride, Superman was the least affected. Yes, Flash and Green Lantern were rebranded for Barry Allen and Hal, Stewart, and, uh, Hal Jordan, respectively. Did you just say Hal Stewart? 
No, I did not. I said Hal Jordan. Yes. Jared, yes. No, you, uh, like, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, Talati has got me on this. Talati is backing me up on this. I had that subjective, but the, but even if you had rebrands for Barry Allen and Hal Jordan, respectively, Superman was barely affected in the Silver Age, other than being slightly nerfed compared to his he Golden wasn't Age. That, like problematic back then, he was just saving cats from trees back then, or or dragging solar systems in a shop on a chain. I always bring hey, that up. Jared, what do you think of the this this uh, portrayal of Perry White? Like he's not like the most important character. But he is in all four films. I think he does. I like it. I like it. I think he plays a pretty solid Perry White. He's about even for me in terms of him versus Lawrence Fishburne in terms of good portrayals of uh, Perry. Yeah, like like this version of Perry White is very much like the old school. uh, You know, this this definitely comes out of like the Watergate era of of journalism. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like three years removed from Watergate, but like, um, I think he's a good. I think he's a good character. I, I I gotta say I think Lawrence Fishburne's portrayal is better because they kind of gave him more to work with, like made him more of a actual character instead of just kind of like background dressing. Because like mm-hmm. Perry White's character is like kind of like uh, is very flat and just he's there, whereas uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is just such an amazing actor. It just like I don't know. It's just I, I care more about about Lawrence Fishburne's Perry White. Well, the, in other news, the point is author, what the point is. They're both really great portrayals of Perry yes. White. That, that's what we can all agree on, I think. Yes. But it's, I like that. The whole Daily Plan staff is awesome. I love this Jimmy Olsen. I think he's great. And I did a, a collab with Robert from uh, the, uh, that I hang out with a lot on Nerd S Stream. We talked about why Jimmy Olsen is one of those characters that you have to keep in the Superman mythos. He brought up the Snyder verse, killing him off. And I said, did they really? Because he's just, that was a CIA operative that was using his credentials. Yeah. Like, honestly, they're like, they never even called him Jimmy in the. It, he like... introduced himself as Jimmy Olsen. But again, cia people assuming people there is yeah like there is enough there that like um also like the daily planet is definitely big enough that like there's photography like there's a photographer named jimmy olsen that lois has never met you Mm -hmm. know uh that she got assigned with like or it could have just been a new hire you know like or just like a contract there's a million ways you can go with it Uh, here okay here's here's my head cannon jimmy olsen was a contract photographer like they basically contracted out a photographer he didn't work for the Daily Planet, but he was like a, a photographer, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like a, t- a temp gig. Like, hey, we need you to go over here and do this, you know, kind of thing. Um, and they basically, they they took Jimmy's identity and had him be this. So that wasn't the real Jimmy Olsen. He, the real Jimmy Olsen is in a basement somewhere tied up, you know, or or, or whatever, you know. Or like they like uh, paid him off and said, hey, we'll take... We'll take this job. Hey, um, why don't you go on a vacation to uh Florida? Yeah. Hey, here, here, here. You're taking to Disneyland. Ride every ride. Just you know, be be gone for a week. Yep. There, there you go. There's any but number you, of ways. But how do you explain the death of Robin? Well, here, here's the thing. You you could always change the tombstone because that's literally. The only reference, and it's a very small reference, that being Dick and it Grayson. wasn't even in the movie. It wasn't even what, in the movie. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I think what, what, when I think that scene is probably in the extended cut. But the point is, and even then, even then, they never showed it up close. It was like he kind of walked past it. It's it's a, it's a so easy 
uh, retcon. I mean, my okay, my it, it's like, really said, easy to get rid of. Okay, here's my retcon. Uh, the Robin that died is Jason Todd. Nightwing has been in Blood Haven this entire time. The reason you don't hear Blood about hear up here, Nightwing, is because uh, Richard got so disgusted with Bruce after he let like uh, Tim, like Jason get killed that they're not on speaking terms. They haven't spoken the for ten years. Thing. Yeah. You could even adapt what they did in season one of Titans, have Dick be very upset at Bruce for killing and being a brutal Batman. There you go. 100% yeah, so, there. So you basically have Richard. He's either in Bloodhaven or Detroit, um, you know, and he's like on the police force and then doing the Batman, which uh, speaking of, uh, you know, Richard quick, being both police officers. Save that for after the show. But okay. and actually, Nick, that's a great idea. For in the Snyderverse, if they want to explain the, the transition from Robin to Nightwing, because it could be like he was so disgusted by Batman, he didn't want to even assume any identities created by Batman. He was like, "No, I'm done." I okay. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump off from what you're saying. So Batman started to get dark. He started killing people. So, uh, so basically, he left the, not only not only Batman, but he left the Robin identity behind. Yeah, and so. Because, like, Jason was always a rebound Robin. He always yeah. was. The rebound um, so he, Robin? I mean, if you look at it, it makes sense. That should be the call sign. And It's kind of like how Tim was Red Robin. Jason's rebound Robin. Wait, wouldn't that role follow more Stephanie Brown if we're counting those three weeks? Kind of. Uh, the point is... Basically, basically Stephanie Brown is like, like uh, Tim Drake left, and he's like, oh, hey, uh, if you need a Robin, here's, Stephanie, here's my girlfriend. You know? Yeah, I, I'm reading th that in, in War Batman War Games. War uh, Jared, you need to read War Drums. That's like what takes place right before War Games. It details the whole lead up to that. It's you included. I I think it's included in the uh, in the trade that I have. So I'm reading that. The, the point is that's very familiar because Stephanie Brown became Robin and is Robin right now. At the point that I'm reading, it's really good. Yeah, yeah but that's a bit of a spo spoiler, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. Okay, but <laughs> the point is. The Robin thing and the Perry and the Jimmy Olsen thing is 100% easily changed. It's mm -hmm. not even like outside the realm of like, I'm not sure I buy that. But, but the point is, going back to this, so you have a fantastic Jimmy Olsen who has great chemistry with Clark. That's kind of key here. Now, what do you guys think of the suit? I'll start with Taladia. The suit looks top tier. Mm -hmm. Right? It it brings the comic to life, mm -hmm. right? And it pops out. It stands out. And it has the yes, the yellow S symbol at the back, which, by the way, I wanted for a Man of Steel. I wanted the yes, uh, yellow S symbol at the back, but I never put it on. It, 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 I would have taken his to Taladia. Remember New 52 Superman had a black S on the back of his cape? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have I dug that. I would have done that too. I would have done that too. Yeah, that's the one thing I would have liked to. I agree with you. I would have liked to see like something on the cape. I'm fine. I still love the Man of Steel suit, and I do to a true degree. I like this. The trunks still bother me, but that's just a general Superman thing. It's not that much on like this movie. But honestly, they didn't really start ditching the trunks into the 2000s. So like, you're about 20 years too early with that criticism. Yeah. So I'm like. I I'm approaching this as someone that that grew up when I grew up. But the point is, yeah, I agree. I like it because it feels like the Superman of the time. That, that's what I'm going to say on that. Yeah. So, so my, Nick, my thing is, thoughts? my 
So a lot of this movie, um, you kind of need to put yourself up with, like view it with the lens of the time. Like you need to kind of like, if you're viewing it with a modern lens, yes, some of the stuff is outdated, but I think largely the movie holds up viewed with a modern lens. The movie is a bit chintzy. Um, I'll admit my bias here. I grew up with this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, like, I'm I'm hella biased in this one. But, like, I encourage people to view it with... Like, for example, Jared doesn't like the trunks. But, like, of that time, not only did you have the trunks, but you also had the bulge, was was kind of also another key part of Superman. Oh, God. The super but bulge! Let's, let's just say... Um, don't, don't do it, Nick. Reeves's wardrobe included three pairs of socks. We are so demonetized, Nick. I, I'm, we're not even monetized yet, so we don't have to have to worry about that. But the yeah, I mean, the suit works again. This move, everything in this movie works for the time period it came out in, which I, mm -hmm. I'm fine with it because it's a, it's a fantastic example of what Superman was like back then. 100 fine with that. Jay Heat, your thoughts on the suit? Well, first off, the suit is solid, especially if you're going for a comic Golden Age, Silver Age aesthetic. This movie is solid for what it is. Lois Lane doesn't make, make too much of a Karen out of herself. This Clark is a lot smarter. Sorry, I'm trying to get as many My Adventures of Superman digs out of the way. No, but Jay Heat, before you came in, I mentioned about, even though I don't like Lois Lane, this Lois Lane I like. Oh, yeah, this was a solid... I forget the actress's name, but this was a solid... Margot Kidder. She's, she's not abrasive. Isn't it kind of funny when Lois is actually written like a tolerable character? She's likable? Now, to be fair, that version of Lois wasn't given a whole lot to do. She's just there to swoon over Superman, figure out that he's Clark in the third act, and then... Third movie. Oh, third. Second. The second. Oh, oh yeah. Second. Movie two. Also, too. like, oh no, no, no! I was about to say something, but I'll save that for when we get to the second, second uh, movie. Yeah, but overall, again, this movie this movie is the reason why Warner Brothers was like, you know what? Let's start making reg uh, more movies about our characters than we got, like Batman stuff. But anyway, going to Superman two. All right, and all right. By the way, I have not watched the Donner cut, so I'm approaching this with watching the regular theatrical version of the movie. To be fair, I've mad. never seen—I haven't seen the Donner cut either, so you're, you know it's fine. We should review it sometime on the show. That—that'd uh, be fun mm. for a movie night. Interesting. But, um, Interesting. but uh, so I like. By the way, they set the—I like how they set up the villain for this in the beginning of movie one, because yes. they show Zod and his dissident being sent to the. And one day, your ass. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I just—I freaking love that because. It's a good way of bringing things hashtag full circle. Like, I will say, it links them together. I think, man, like, I, while I will agree, Man of Steel probably did that scene better. This, like, the scene we got in, in that first movie is still really good. It's still really cool. I like it. <coughs> the whole um, mirror dimension thing that that was the Phantom Zone, but still, I still dug it. And then he gets out that they fly and then I like Zod easily overtaking the, the United States and like hanging out in the white house. He like, it, it, this is the one thing I know from the Donner cut. He heat visions his head onto Mount Rushmore. I dig yeah. that. I like that a lot. Cause it shows how vain Zod is. Cause he would totally do that. Also like the, the fight between Zod and Superman, 
it holds up. Like it's a it's a bit like like you like it's it's a bit chintzy, but like it's actually not bad even by modern standards. But like just imagine for the time they did that. And I will say uh, my proudest moment. I was on Nerdette stream talking about superheroes killing, and I brought up Superman kills in this movie, and they say, not wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. And then they go, wait, Jared, what? And I go, at the end of the movie, when Superman does the whole red sun thing, but he re reverses it so it's outside the chamber instead of inside, he depowers all like Zod and his crew. First, he crushes Zod's hand. Then with super strength, punches him into a wall. Yeah, he's dead. Also, not only does he kill in this movie, he fricks. Yeah, that too, but I was like, that's not really an essential part of the movie. So, I, By the way, if he didn't have his powers, how did he get out of the Fortress of Solitude and back to normal civilization? Because he's depowered by that point! Also, I just want to say, um, I love how, like, also, like, um, it's also kind of important in this movie, because, like, Superman Returns goes, like, steps off from this movie, and, like, that scene I just mentioned is kind of the setup for Superman Returns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, again, this was a... I, I, I don't know about you guys, and I'll go around the panel real quick. I think this was a solid sequel to a pretty good movie. So I I, I, I think that this was, the, this was the point when... Yes, yes, yes. It was, it was like then, at the peak. And then, and then Superman 3 is like... And, and, and then four is like, oh, we're going down to the bedrock, baby. But Who knew so, Rock Bottom had a basement? I, I'm going to go around on the panel. To Jay Heat, your thoughts on Superman 2? Solid sequel, solid film, great casting all around. Though the one nitpick, and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, is the, is the third act where Clark kind of like reverses the polarity. Everyone in the room should have been depowered. Like, no, they were. Everyone in the room were. That that's the thing. The other Kryptonians, uh the, the other Kryptonians were depowered. That's how he was able to easily overcome them. What he did was he got in the chamber, so he was protected. Mm. Uh, I, I know because I recently rewatched this movie. I might be conf confusing this for the family guy spoof they did about 10 years ago, but wasn't there a scene where Superman tosses his cape and Zog gets caught in it? That was the Cellophane S. Yeah. So the thing that think the shield. What they're what they're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nick, your thoughts on Superman two? Yeah, I definitely think it's it's a really good solid follow up. I know a lot of people. So so I know some people who like this even more than the first one. Um, yeah, it's a really good solid uh, duology. Um, you know, like the whole like kind of like uh, uh, the depowered stuff is 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 uh, is really good. Um, and yeah, then the series just kind of takes takes a nosedive after this one. Taladia, your thoughts on two? Superman two was a good sequel. Uh, I've seen the Donna cut myself, so I know which one looks uh, looks better. Um, the D-Power stuff was great. Um, obviously, it, this was leading into Superman Return, so I really dug, dug that. And as well, I like the idea the father passes the power to his son. Mm -hmm. 
And I will say, I got to bring this up. This was the best use of the Superman theme. Because First off, that theme is awesome because it says Superman and the song goes. But I just love it. He crushes Zod's hand and then it starts. And I swear, coming at this from a post-Snyder Cut world, I could imagine Christopher Reeves going not impressed. I was like, that, that is just the way he looks at Zod when he crushes his hand. And I'm like, that is badass. Nobody believes this when I say this, but Man of Steel literally was just Superman 78 and Superman 2 combined into one or structured. And more one. and told in a more modern way. In other words, like told in a more serious way, but still like not not in a dark way. And no, this is the one point where I will disagree with Rob and Rob, if you're watching this. Yes, I'm calling you out on this. This is 100%. And Nick, you have said this many times in the show. This is Man of Steel is not a dark movie. It can have some darker moments. I mean, like the, like like I said, the second one can get a little dark at times, especially with the ending. But it is not a dark one. Yeah. So edgy at best. Edgy at best. Yeah. Moving on to Superman three. Oh boy. Uh, do, boy. Do, we do we have to? All right. Let's skip. Actually, you know, Jay Heat. No, 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 no. If I have to four. go through Quest of Peace, you're going through Superman three. <laughs> oh, no, no, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait. yeah. We're talking about we're talking about Superman three. That that is not us for All today. All right, Nick, your thoughts on Superman three? Crap, crap, mega crap. <laughs> but no, mm -hmm. um, it's it's just it's just so bad. Like, who the frick thought hiring Richard Pryor it was a good idea? Like he like he's a good comedian, but like he is just not a good actor. Um. The one bright spot, like Annette O'Toole, who plays Lana in this one, who would go on to play, uh, you know, Clark's mom in Smallville. So, you know, just, you know, I want to point it out. She does a really good job. And, like, the whole, uh, they kind of do, like, a version of Red Kryptonite. Like, they don't call it Red Kryptonite, but it pretty much acts like it. <laughs> Where Clark goes evil. Um, Wait I a don't second. know. You know, I just realized it's kind of like Superman Red and Superman Blue. Right, Jaheet? It's kind of like that. Get out. Get the frick out. Get the it's frick out. It's kind of like that. One half is the, is Get the him out. whole Superman. Get him out. My own show. I'm not getting out. I'm not going anywhere. But but like that's kind of what it is. It's an interesting idea. It's just executed so badly. Oh, oh dear God. Um like also like also like the more you watch these movies, like the more he's like, oh yeah, they reference this scene. Like, uh, you know, like the scene, like the scene from Superman and Lois. Where he's like in the in the bar, like in the restaurant, and he like beats up that guy. That's a reference to a scene from this movie, you know. Yeah, that's why whenever anyone on um, Twitter calls out, like, "Why does Superman destroy that dude's truck?" Uh, you were fine with him beating up someone in uh, with his full powers, mind you, in uh, Superman Two. Also, I just want to note. They also do reference, they also do an homage to this moment in uh, Supergirl. Like, there's an episode where Supergirl kind of goes evil and whatnot, like with the peanuts in the bar. Mm -hmm. Like, they actually mm -hmm. reference that in Supergirl. So, just, just giving that a shout out. Um, I like that. But, like, I don't know. It's just, th this is also comes from an era where it's like, oh, computers can do anything. Like, oh, li like, like, really, like, it's, it's just like, oh, it's like, like, it's like, oh, the computer has a mind of its own. All of a sudden, it's a, it's a it's a robot body, and now it's a woman for for some reason. Nick, remember when that dude is firing anti-aircraft guns at Superman, and it turns into a Superman video game? 
Please don't remind me of the Superman video game. Please. So skipping, so skipping three. So I think we're done with three. This is uh, this is one of the worst of the series. I say one of them because we're approaching Jay Heat's favorite intro um, entry into the series. Jared, Jared, we need to embark on a quest for peace. <laughs> so this is the movie where Superman. Okay, here's how Superman gets rid of nukes, as opposed to in Justice League the cartoon where he just walked around and heat visioned the warheads <sighs> he put them in a giant net and threw nuclear a bunch of nuclear bombs into the sun is that a bad idea because i thought it would be a good idea like educate me please and then the best part was then lex luther puts a, 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 a somehow get, gets like a crop of, of superman's hair then launches that and uh, launches that into the sun Radioactive man emerges, who's just Superman with really long nails like Deathstrike from X-Men, only less cool. And the voice of Gene Hackman. And the voice of Gene Hackman. And then you have this destroy Superman now. Which is totally like like they did that did that totally not because the actor probably can't speak English very well. Mm -hmm. And then it's like you have that really bad CGI fight. Yeah, the reuse of the same flight animation. It's really, I'm just like, uh, is Quest this the for one? Peace. Yeah. Quest mm -hmm. for Peace is one of those cash grabs that never should be seen the light of day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a lot of the explanations can be kind of chalked up to, this one actually came out a lot later than the other ones. Like uh, uh, this one came out in like 1989. Like remember the first one came out in 1977. Like they made the first three kind of right at the other. This one, um... Like they, like this, uh, Christopher Reeve actually co-penned this movie. Like he actually has a writing credit in this movie, mm -hmm. and like they they didn't want to do this movie, but they kind of they kind of did it anyway. So like this, like yeah, it just reeks of uh, you know Monday morning kind of whatever. Wouldn't yeah. be the first time a Vandy project went horribly wrong. Yeah, so I would say the last dead of a Superman four, the better. The better. Now. By the way, let, I wanna, I'm going to talk about this. Hang on real quick. There's one more movie I want to add on to this continuity because technically it exists. It's part of this continuity. I know we're going. Returns. Which, by the way, I still maintain is a criminally underrated Superman movie. Supergirl? Although, no. Although, no. I, I'm <laughs> technically Supergirl does take place in no, the but continuity. I, I'm saying for a Superman Okay, which is worse, Super Quest for Peace or Supergirl? Or Supergirl? I haven't seen Supergirl. Uh, from what I understand, Supergirl, while not the best movie, is still infinitely better than four. That's I gotta watch okay, Supergirl. But anyway, my one issue with the Superman Returns, I think that the S on the suit is a little small. I I prefer it more when it covers his entire chest. That's just me. I, yeah, I mean the thing is with with that one is. It was definitely in the era of like we need to make things modern, and so like I think that S is like a little bit overly modern because they're trying to do like a 3D kind of thing. I did like the homage to Action Comics number one in this in this movie. I was like, I see what you're doing, Brian Singer, which is the one time I'm going to say your name on the podcast. Go, Jay Heat. What did you say that name? Mm -hmm. But uh, okay, granted, Superman Returns not that bad. It's just you had too many factors with this movie. You had mm -hmm. two generations. You had those who actually grew up and were nostalgic for the main films. This was the first film after Quest for Peace, and a whole new generation of DC fans was coming up since then in the fifteen to twenty year gap. I will this say a lot. Like I'm the second. I'm the second generation of those. And the thing is, 
a lot of those kids, like they were they were raised on the VHS tapes of Superman. Like the parents showed them. And so this was the first time in, in like in that continuity. Um, so like even if you had people who were fans of Superman, fans of Superman movies, uh, they never saw it in theaters, but they saw it like on TV or mm. um that kind of stuff. So like there is a bit of a detachment, but I will say like there is some love for it. Um, I remember when this came out. At that time, I was, yeah, I was already like I I I'd long since seen the the movies and I liked them. I thought the movie was fine. Like I liked it. I didn't hate it. Here's the other thing. So remember, I said earlier in the show to bring this hashtag full circle about how the Reese movies were good in consolation of what Superman was like in the comics. This movie. Okay, here's the problem with this. This is post infinite. This is around the time of Infinite Crisis Superman. I'm like, I know th- he is not the Reeves Superman at this I, point. I guess, I guess you could say the film had a real identity crisis. Ah, Get him nice. out. No, 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 no. That was a good pun. I- I'll allow that. That was a good pun. Because, because, because here's the thing. Let me elaborate. Like this film is trying to have its foot in too many ponds. Like it's trying to be the Reeves era. Like it's trying to be like evoke that Silver Age, Golden Age kind of nostalgia. But it's also trying to be modern. Like it has. Modern storylines, modern acting, like, like, uh, like literally, there's a line where 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 she says, "Oh, I've done Superman so many times." It's like, wait, like writing, like it's just like that, like that. They would have never done that kind of joke in the Reeves movies. Um, yeah, so it just kind of has like this kind of like, it, it, it just, I feel like this film really struggles with knowing what it wants to be. That's why I say you can't go heavy into the into the nostalgia bit because here's the thing. Modern Superman, it's now getting more to the point where Man of Steel is seen as a pretty good Superman movie. Thank God. And and people still have the Henry Cavill portrayal of Superman in their heads. You can't just go complete opposite of them suddenly. What's up, Nick? I will will say the only Superman adaptation that has done a beautiful job of like riding that line between modern and and like the nostalgia is Superman and Lois. I feel like that is probably yep. the only show that Solid really mount. seems to like do the best of both worlds. Yep. It is both a modern show, but it feels older, it, like like yep. the way it portrays the characters and the situations. But it's also modern. I feel like it rides that line beautifully. One hundred and ten percent agree, Nick. One hundred and ten percent. What's up, Jay Heat? I argue Lois and Clark. Now, granted, Lois and Clark was basically just a hype up <laughs> show for where they get married in the comics, but. Even then, that was a pretty solid balance too. The character work, the act, what little that. action scene, what little action scene. Wait, you didn't watch it? I still haven't watched that show yet. I want to. It's Get all, the freak out! I it's watched that. My own show. Superman Lois was my Superman as a kid. Dean Kane, baby. Dean Kane. Which, Which, by the way, we like. How could it be if we got Dean Kane on your show? I can, <laughs> I have a hookup with Gabe, so we never know. Like, dude, when you get monetized. You need to try and get that's gonna be a monetized. That's gonna be a live uh, again. This is exactly why all my live streams are monetized. You you can say, I interviewed Superman. Yes, I interviewed a Superman. I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. But before we move forward, which would you rather watch on my private chat? Which would you rather watch? Superman. Okay, so the question is, what would you guys rather watch? Superman 3 and Quest for Peace. Or binge the Star Wars sequel trilogy from beginning to end, or Indy Five. Can I just shoot myself in the head? Like <laughs> I would just do, I would just do Indy Five because I only have to watch one movie then. 
I, I, I choose think the about it, Nick. Brain. No, Nick, think about it. If you choose the Indy <laughs> 5 option, you only have to watch one movie that minimizes the suffering. Yeah, but Phoebe Waller really Bridge is in movie. it. But, but Phoebe Waller Bridge is in it. So it's I'll like... be on my phone the entire time. You don't say I have to pay attention. You said I have to watch it. I that, have to, I have thing. to watch something that Phoebe Waller Bridge is in. That that's true. That 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 is very true. Oh, you mean you don't want her playing an SJW droid in, in solo? No. Yeah, yeah, I know. But so I, I think that's a uh, uh, by the way, Claudia, your thoughts on Superman Returns. Superman Returns, the only good thing about that film was the was the soundtrack. Everything else that is true. Like, that is true. I got to give to you that, that one. That airplane save scene was dope. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty much just like straight up ripped up for Superman 1, but yes. And again, I had the video game for this, and I always maintain, no matter your opinions on the overall game, the how, the way they handled you, you being invincible as Superman is the way is a way to get around the whole oh superman's invulnerable how are we gonna put in challenge make the city his health bar yeah and i i will uh, i will say um like uh the plot by lex luther i think is 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 mwah, chef kiss like he's doing a real estate land crowd trying to clear his own real estate that is right in line with like the classic era but it's updated and modern, so like I definitely, um, you know, give them props. Like the whole, like the, I don't think they they executed it the best, but like the idea was super solid. I love when uh, he puts the crystal in the train set, and his assistant's like, "Wow, that's really something, Lex. Wait for it. Wow, that's really something, Lex. I love that." Also, uh, I just want to give a little trivia. So, um. You know, in the beginning, when he's like trying to get that old lady's money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that old lady is Noah Neal. That is the Lois from the George Reeves Superman. Wow! Like, yeah, really, like really this is what I love about Superman movies. Like the Superman movies are always really great about bringing back older Superman actors. Like there's this whole entire legacy of like older Superman, like like the bridge of this generation. Yeah, that that old lady is Noah Neal. Mm-hmm. Like that is like the, the lowest from the Reeves movie from the Reeves show, from the from the, from the show, George, George Reeves, Reeves yeah. show. Yeah, that that's really cool. I didn't know that. That's dope. I love that. But and and again, overall, I get I give the uh, I, I I still enjoy the first two Reeves movies more than Returns. The only thing I'm like against is people saying this is a horrible movie because it's not. Now, it may not have been what you mm-hmm. wanted. Fan expectation can be a headache. Oh, like Man of Steel. I'll admit, Man of Steel did not get a fair shake either. I will concede that to you, Jerry. No, no, no. I, I, I'm just bringing that up for the fine people at home. Be that as it may, I feel like Man Superman Returns had more of a battle because it's not just fan expectation. You had the casual movie going audience as well and a complete generation gap. Mm-hmm. They had much more of a high hill to follow the fight. Yeah, yeah. Like I will say, it's like like I said, it's not. I don't feel like it's not as big of a generation gap as you guys are trying, as you guys are kind of making it out to be. Because like I think a lot of people were like me were raised in the movies, but like I will say, for like because I'm the second generation, I'm I'm the like the very people you talk about, and I feel like like there is a bit of a disconnect. Like uh, 
but it's not as big as you guys are saying. But 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 mm-hmm. I totally get. But you guys are 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 pretty are still on the money. I'd say. Yeah. Also, uh, check check Lee chat. I said I I posted a picture. Oh. Oh, nice. Wait a second. Nice. I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this. Hang on. That is uh, Brandon Ralph. Wait, wait. With... Don't say don't say what the picture is yet, Nick. I want to share it first. Let me do this. Hang on. And for those of you on the audio, go to YouTube to find all of our shared images. Go ahead. So so that is Brandon Ralph with uh, Noah Neal, Lois Lane, and then uh, Jack Larson, Jimmy Olsen. I will say, by the way, here's one thing, uh, other thing I want to talk about. Uh, Brandon Ralph was a perfect like continuation of the solid Reeves casting. Superman. Yeah. Solid casting. He got done dirty. Yeah. For that like, Superman, he was fine. I'm just going to say this. I think uh, Brandon Ralph could have handled the Man of Steel material perfectly. I think he yeah, could have pulled it off. He could have. Like, we see, we've seen him enough in other, other things to where like literally just not change a single thing. I think he could have handled that material almost as well as Henry Cavill. Yeah, because he handled the darker Superman tale in the CW when he was Kingdom Come Superman. And if you've I seen him in other other things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like he, I think he has the acting chops. Like obviously he's not as ginormous as Henry Cavill. Like you're God that no, far him. less star power, far less star power. But all in all. He is one of my favorite Superman castings. So they so there is that. So on that note, everyone, I think that's a good place to leave it. All in all, these are really fun movies. If you want to see what Superman was like back then, watch the first two movies, ignore ignore the, the last two, and you're good to go. So I'm gonna go around and uh, ask the boys what they've got coming out. I'm gonna start with Nick this time, since he has some very interesting things to share. Nick, take it away, son. Well, um actually, um, I want Jay Heat to go because I need to grab some stuff. Okay, Jay Heat, go on. Thank you, thank you. Well, first, I just want to thank everyone for getting me to 166 subscribers. Yeah! So I'm almost at 170, so hopefully a Road to 170 video will be in the works. Mm-hmm. Also, God Killer 2 will come out this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Oh, hell yes, and we, Jay Heat and I had a meeting last Sunday about like stuff we want to do. Let's just say Wonder Woman gets angry. <laughs> all right uh, wait wait so go, uh, uh, go ahead nick go ahead i'll come back right. later nick go on all right so thanks to the help of like all of you wonderful people and the people in the audience i have reached 400 subs and the deal was if i made it to 400 subs before the end of the month i would do something um, and <laughs> I reached 400 subs before the end of the month. And because I'm a man of my word, also a bit of a glutton for punishment. Yes, you are. <laughs> Here this we go. Thir- this Thursday on my channel at 6, uh, no, Wednesday, sorry. Wednesday on my channel at 6 p.m. We'll be doing the 400 subscriber special where I will be reading this. Spider-Man sins past with the voices, and he will make the Norman Osborn face. You know the face I'm talking about, everyone. I wouldn't have wished that on my worst enemy. <laughs> uh, also, hey, like I have the... to make a Wonder Bat stream if I reach a, th- a K, okay? That's tame in comparison. Not to me. Jay Heat, Taladia, you both are welcome there on the stream. 
I'll see what I can do, man. I'll see what I can do. Also, and this is this is really big. You guys are gonna dig this one. So okay, so uh, next ne- uh, this Wednesday, the replacement for the Super Slipstream Brothers will be hitting hitting your hitting your inbox. I will be launching with Jared, the best co-host ever. I will be watching a new show called Comics Watch. We'll be doing like interviews, reviews, commentary, and the first episode we will be reviewing Nightwing Volume One. A Night in Bloodhaven, written by Chuck Dixon and drawn by Scott McDaniel. And you, you know, Nick, I, there's there's something special about that author. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. We've interviewed on him, and I've spoken with him. You're, like, I'm sorry, but just saying that, just like, so I've spoken to him, and he has agreed to make a cameo in the video. He's going to record a two to four minute video talking about this book and whatnot and it'll be played uh during during the episode so comics watch episode one a night in bloodhaven featuring chuck dixon will be airing wednesday at 1 p.m that's pre-recorded but we're back baby and uh nick i know we never established a date on it but we did agree to do a certain collab featuring the chuck dixon run you remember what i'm talking Uh, about We'll talk later. Yeah. Okay. Taladia. Yes. So your boy is going to be doing My Adventure with Superman, episode 9 and 10, tomorrow. If you're watching this later, you already know it's already done. Uh, Myself and Jared live reaction. And then, I think it's next week or the week after, myself and Jared will be doing our Super Wonder coverage, our monthly coverage where we talk about Superman and Wonder Woman from issue to issue from the start to finish. The new 52 series. Yeah, the new 52 series. So we'll be talking about in depth into it, talking about the talk about the goods, the bads, we'll be talking about the the artwork. We'll be talking we'll talk about everything about them mm-hmm. about each issue. So stay we'll tuned. Be talking that. about the spelling. I actually want to promote this as well. Good luck when you get to the Tomasi run. No, we're skipping that. <laughs> we're, skipping, we're skipping that. We're skipping, skipping Tomasi. Also, skipping to Tomasi. be fair, if we're talking about Tomasi Nightwing, that's like that is literally like at the not, very tail end of this run. So like we're not even. Gonna no, we're that. talking about this, this Superman and Wonder Woman because he because yeah. he came on that book, Nick, and sabotaged it. Yeah, I mean to be so, fair, he like, never Tomasi admitted that. Is, no, he never admitted it. All right, I have a very low opinion of Tomasi because. Tomasi came on like the tail end of the original Nightwing mm-hmm. run back in the late two thousands, and his books were so bad. Like they weren't like offensively bad. Like they weren't like stuff in it, but they're just so bland and just boring. And, and, just, like... and Tevia, if you've watched this long, I know you're gonna say this. Just because he wrote Super Sons does not mean he's an overall good writer. I enjoy his Green Lantern, but that's about it. But here we do bad mouth Tomasi. He has matured and improved his craft since the Dixon run. He, we got to give him that. Yeah. But, but except for Superman, Wonder you. Woman. But oh, I'm not gonna. You. I'm not gonna like say bad things to his face. I'm not. I'm not. No, like no. That. But back to Taladia. Yeah, but back to me. Uh, yeah, Superman, Wonder Woman. We're gonna start that maybe next week or the week after. We got. I got to speak to Jared about that off stream. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Super Spider Man Two. Uh, gameplay will be happening October 20th. Nice. Live on YouTube and on Kick. 
So mm-hmm. be excited. Premiering. It's going to be, well, not premiering. It'll be live stream at midnight. UK time, BST. We'll be live streaming it, and I'm sure the boys will probably want to. Also, if you also, guys want, I, I'm just going to say this. If there is not a moment in Spider-Man 2 where it's like, shocker, shocker, I'll take you to the end of the earth. If there is not that moment, I will burn down. I will burn down the studio. Please don't worry. We are People going to comics league. Uh, I just want to be clear. FBI guy, watch us through a webcam. He is joking. So I, I do want to yeah. bring up what we can do. Also, when the story co- uh, it comes out, we can w- w- watch all the cutscenes cut or play the game, and then have a stream w- where we talk about the, the the story of the game and everything like that. Uh... Yes. We'll, be, we'll what we'll do. What I'll do is I'm gonna wait until Nick finishes off his run for marvel spider-man because hopefully he'll finish it off by the october 20th and uh, then he can well well no i'm gonna I, 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 talk about the soft stream guys talk about the soft stream okay. guys okay because yeah, we got an hour anyway. before clb at the time of this recording uh, mm-hmm. so anyway um but yeah i'll be doing marvel spider-man 2 and also road to batman uh road to suicide squad kill the justice league which will be done on kick so stay tuned for that and I'll pass it over to Nick. And uh, not Nick. I mean Jared. So for me, on Monday I have episode four of Super Wonder Legacy. My God, you guys have been responding to this series, and it, it, Britt and I really appreciate it. We're getting four hundred views on average for each episode, and that's huge. So this episode, we're going to be rewriting comic stories into Super Wonder stories. So Britt and I chose a couple of stories. And then we're going to rewrite, even if they didn't really have any Super Wonder content, we're going to write them in. Like for me, I'm covering Doomsday Clock, Injustice, I will fix it, the Snyderverse, and Justice League, The Last Ride. What's up, Nick? So you're saying it's not just doing wonderful, it's doing super wonderful. Yeah, we're going to make them be super wonderful. (laughs) You get a new direction. Oh, oh, Jared, Jared, if you want to talk about rewriting. You need to rewrite certain episodes of Justice League. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I could actually do that. That would actually work really well. Hey, go ahead. I'm sure Paul Dewey will have a good laugh. You no, should, I can uh, just say should... I'm just rewriting the, the, the Bruce Tim parts. Yeah. So that, Rewrite that the, rewrite the one uh, where one woman's a bodyguard and had, like, you know. Uh... Okay. The one in I, Europe. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Edit this out. One, edit this out. If you no, know no, what no, he's no. talking Nick, about, Nick, the one that has Nick. no. Talk no, no, after no, 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 stream. No. Talk after stream. Okay. So on that note, because I have to wrap up. Hang on. So and then next week's under two capes, we are gonna uh, we'll do an episode talking about what other characters we think could have existed in the Christopher Reeves Superman y- y- universe. I think that, that that's a fun little extension from this week's episode. Batman. Yes. Uh, at, at the time of this this uploading, tonight is, again, this is going up on a Saturday. Movie night is going to be the Iron Giant Superman. So we're going to be talking about that one because we're starting Sci-Fi September. And it's going to be really fun. I, rem- I remember, so the way it's going to work, we're doing Iron Giant. Then we're doing Alita. Then we're doing Batman Return the Joker. I have to do Batman Return the Joker then because on Batman Day. And then we're doing, I think, uh, Back, Back to the Future. Future. Yeah, the, and, and then we're ending with Back to the Future. So anyway, and then we launch, and then we launch into 
uh we don't really have a fancy name for it but like october like spooky october how's that whatever but the the point is between october october scary movies and then november we'll be finishing the dcamu movies so on that note everyone stay heroic we and we will see you in the next episode thanks